0: Welcome to VC for Stupid Idiots. We are your idiot, Marianne, Michelle, and Francesco, from Pneumatic Minds. Capital. Here, we interview the best investors on the planet to learn their secrets. And tell them a lot of bad jokes. Then, we use their knowledge to invest in emerging market startups. Because this is the most effective way to lift people out of poverty and make outstanding returns. If you want to see what we are investing in this week, please join us at PneumaticMind.capital. Hello, everyone, and welcome to VCs for Stupid Idiots, where today we will be the idiots and we have a very special guest star today, Adrian. So, Adrian, would you mind sharing your story with us?
1: Sure. Thankful. Well, first of all, thanks, guys, for for inviting me and text Michelle for this. Um, let's see. I'll tell you a bit about my my story. My my background is very diverse. I always when when I when I talk about myself, I say that I'm I'm a bit of a mutt. No, it's not a not a, a straight line. It's a, it's a it's a it's a wobbly one. No. Um, <laughs> I studied political science because that was my passion. still love to read about it. But I I was very determined that I wanted to work in finance. So right out of college, I started working in finance. I went to work at a trading floor. Realized after a few years doing that, that I really did not like that job. So I uh, decided to, to to try something different. Uh, went on to doing something in banking, but at the same time, I, I was able to pass the exam for the Ministry of Trade in Spain, which actually was basically a, a, a program in which you get a master's degree and you got uh, some experience at, at a foreign office. No? So got my master's degree with them. And then I, I that's how I landed in New York. That was in my mid-20s. Stayed in New York, did my program for nine, 10 months. And when I finished, I wanted to stay in New York. So I started looking for a job here and I was very lucky that I ended up landing a job at The Economist. So worked there for several years at The Economist, loved every minute of it. Got a call from JP Morgan, who I'd known from my work at, uh, at The Economist for many years, uh, running the communication side for Latin America there. Did that for a few years and then got another call from Endeavor when I was loving what I was doing and loving and being in New York. And they called me to actually set up the office at uh, of Endeavor in Spain. But I've I've always been very intrigued. I always loved, I was always a huge fan of Endeavour. So I w- I wanted to know more. To be completely honest, I actually first time I got the call, I said, no way, I'm not leaving the bank to you know in, in New York to go to, to Spain to set up a nonprofit. But I was always fascinated and intrigued. And the more I heard, the more I wanted it. So I ended up taking that that challenge, moved to Spain 2014 set up that office, ran it for five years, and then got another call say if I wanted to run the global organization. And I always say that my passion for Endeavor uh, beat my passion for Spain, and I ended up moving back to New York. So that's where I've been for the last three years.
0: Wow, that's fantastic.
1: So, so see, um, it's, a, it's a non-linear trajectory, so it's not...
0: <laughs> a trajectory. bit of everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> So can you tell us a bit more about Endeavor? So what you guys are looking to do in the next year or two? How'd you guys, uh, how are you, you guys doing and what are you looking for?
1: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, we, we're, a, we're a 25-year-old startup or 24-year-old startup, no? So we still consider ourselves very much in startup mode and we have that constant founder mentality and the founder is deeply involved. Uh, one of the co-founders is deeply involved. But uh, but the reality is that uh, that uh, it's been it's been a fascinating few years. No, uh, the the first few years was actually setting up the organization, and the next one was professionalizing it and growing it. And then at the same time, nine years ago, they started the, the fund Endeavor Catalyst. No, so um, it's been it's been a very special time in the last two years because that fund that I was telling that we launched eight nine years ago has finally been getting returns. No, so the thesis of, of Endeavor is slowly starting to work, and we're actually seeing it, and we're we're being able to. To finance some of the operations in our local markets and, and ourselves too, so uh, so we're really happy of where we've been, uh, where we wh- how are where we're heading, uh, and if we look at uh, at forward at what we're going to be doing in the next few years, we're going to be very much focused on what we have been. I mean, we're still focused on these underserved markets. We're still focused a hundred percent of our entrepreneurs. So we're of, by, and for entrepreneurs. That's our mantra. We will still stick to that, and uh, and if we can, we will try to you know feed as much of 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 the of the pipeline that we can to our to our rules-based fund, Endeavor Catalyst, in order to be able to sustain the operation. No? But always, as I said, with that mantra of, of buy-in for entrepreneurs. So the next few years is gonna be that. It's gonna be focusing a lot on doubling down on our entrepreneurs, as we always have been, and then a couple of, of strategic expansions into some countries. We're looking actively into, into Poland and uh, and Pakistan right now. So we're hoping that that will be, it will be the, the two newest offices will come up to in the next. I don't know. Next year, year and a half. No, hopefully less.
0: Yeah, that's great. It that sounds really exciting. What do you think has been your uh, biggest and most exciting milestone so far?
1: I mean, the biggest milestone. I've only been in Endeavor for what seven and a half, eight years. No, so it's, as I said, twenty-four year organization. I think that the biggest milestone has been going from that that small nonprofit that was focusing in a couple of countries in Latin America to being this. Multinational now, you know, operating in, in in 40 countries, but but when you talk about milestones, I I can't stop thinking about Endeavor Catalyst, our, our rules-based fund, no? because it's a it's a self-sustaining mechanism that allows a fund to be able to to to, to fund the nonprofit arm. know? So for me, seeing that and having entered Endeavor more or less at the time in which that was launched and seeing how that's grown and what it means right now, that for me is by far. The biggest uh, milestone we're, we're always at an inflection point. there's always something new that's going on there's always a next challenge that we're always yeah. a constant inflection point but if i look at milestone i would say that uh that catalyst just changed the the, the the game a bit just because all of a sudden we don't have to rush for funding every other minute no we, we have to rush for funding for the for the for the vc side but it's not uh it's not trying to obtain grants and sponsorships and all that because now we have a self-sustaining mechanism that is very much aligned with uh, with our value, got it. And so
0: we are, as we say, we're famous for support as nomadic one, support emerging markets. So, what is according to you the best investments you ever made in an emerging
1: market founder or an emerging market startup? And so, so I, if if we're talking about best investment, we would have to like divide it into into two. You know, we'd have to say, speak about realized gains and the and the potential ones. Now, and I'm spe- I'm sure when you're speaking about investments, we're speaking about. The returns of those investments. I mean, yeah. the one that's that's public is um, Peak Games was acquired. The, the Turkish uh, gaming company was acquired by Zynga last year for 1.8 billion, and we oh. were one of the early investors uh, of Peak because uh, we've been in Turkey for well over a decade now. So uh, that was very exciting. That's a that's a, a realized gain that would be amongst one of our best in the category of unrealized. Wow, that's a, there's a there's a whole world right there. It's fascinating to see from from a VC perspective. I mean, we have. Little over 200 investments, 204, 206, out of which 40 of them are unicorns, or almost 40 of them are unicorns. No, so 30 something. So it's it's quite amazing to see that in a portfolio of 200 something, you have a a huge chunk of them being unicorns. So as far as unrealized uh, gains go, I have I have a list of 40 right there. No.
0: So the first thing we're famous about is foreign market. The the second things we are famous about is bad jokes. So do you know what Obama said to Michelle? When he was proposing tell me i don't want to be Obama myself uh the, going back on us is there any trait, or any skills you've seen in any founders you invest in that then became really successful or that you've seen yourself so you say look you know what anytime i meet a founder he doesn't have these skills how highly doubt you're gonna make it
1: look each founder is, is is very different it's a world i mean i've i've only been exposed to this world for the last eight, nine years, now, which which is 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 a lot. But when I can when I compare myself to other VCs that, that I know that have been around for two decades, uh, I, I know nothing. No. And I still won't claim to know everything, but but there are certain things that, that we have seen. Um, as I said, each each uh, each entrepreneur is very different. So there's not one particular trait I would see. Uh, and I've seen all kinds of things. I mean I, I've seen entrepreneurs that I was well, wow, I was convinced that this could be the one and then they flopped and entrepreneurs that were like, wow Executing that is going to be a tough one, and uh, and sure enough, they did. You no, know? but I'd say that there's uh, two things. On the one side, the stubbornness. I mean, it's great to be arrogant. It's great to be knowing, uh, very knowledgeable about your sector. But you also want to be receptive to feedback. You no, know? so I'd say that we want entrepreneurs that want to listen to others, or at least are open to it. And they might come across, and, and entrepreneurs are always going to get very defensive about their their about their model, and it's rightly so. It's their model. They've they've grown it. Uh, but we also want them to listen i mean there's a lot of things to be learned from people that have been in the industry for for longer or entrepreneurs that have already made it i'm always i'm always certain that that not every conversation is going to be enlightening but if you're having several conversations some of them have to be you know so that would be one thing um that that open mindedness that that reception to to feedback and the second one would be on the teams i mean the whole focus on teams is is, is crucial i mean and, and 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 i'd really say that would be the first one the stubbornness is something that you can actually observe from a couple of meetings but the team and, and the alignment of the team and the, the way that, that they're all they're all in sync, uh, the lack of rotation, um, how leadership acts as leadership, all of that is really what you wanna see. I mean, you wanna see a a, a very coherent and cohesive uh, leadership team. And then there will be changes. I mean, as companies evolve, maybe that CFO that was there at the start is not the one that's gonna make you grow to the next one because um, all of a sudden you want an IPO and you, know, you need someone with that experience, no? Or, or the you know or, or the CSO might be great for that early phase, but not for the next one. So that's that's amazing, and we respect that. But there is something about those teams in which, so if there's a high rotation, that is normally somewhat suspicious. No? and that's the one thing that I, I, if I had to spend a lot of time doing, I did spend I did spend I do spend a lot of time doing, looking at the leadership team and how that how that is balanced. So if
0: you have to like in one sentence, give advice to founder, like put them in a billboard around the street. Uh, in, uh, in front of, uh, in Times Square, a billboard with your quote. One thing that you will have every founder to
1: read and learn, obviously. One, 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 one thing that they would. They would yeah, one, one suggestion. Would, yeah, in one sentence, though. It once, I mean, look, uh, there's the great book about the, the hard thing of hard things explains yeah. it all really well. No? So if, if I have to tell them, do read one Eat, thing, read the read book. book, <laughs> this book you know? Just because it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's very real and it's spoken from, you know, Someone like Ben was that really knows, uh, you know, w- what it's like after having seen hundreds, yeah. if not thousands, of entrepreneurs. now.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Like the, the, the good thing about the book is also like it lets you understand that you cannot build your company on your own. You need people, you need support. No one can stand up on their own. And do you know why the bicycle cannot stand up on their own? Surprise me. Because it's too tight. And yeah so uh, another question so is there any like big red flag like when you speak with someone if someone says a, a specific thing you think okay they might make it they might change they might be successful anyway but i think they wouldn't like for me for instance when i talk to founders and they just speak about the product always about the product i think the product is enough to solve all the problems, then for me it's a big red flag. Then if the, the guy is coachable, you can teach him how basically how does it work, but this is a big red flag. What's the biggest red flag of yours? What's the advice you're going to say to founders to do not do? basically?
1: Look, I, what do? What I'm with, with, with founders, I want to be able to see the vision. It's not only about the what the short term. I want to be able to see that, that big picture. But I also want to see a lot about what the execution in the in the mid, short, in the short, mid and long term is going to be. You know? So a lot of the times it's, it's about that. It's not about being uberly strategic and thinking about my five-year plan, but it's also being very tactical and thinking how I'm going to tax certain things in the short term. You know? So for me, the combination of those two is what, what, where I find the, the, the balance. You know? So for me, a red flag would be if there's no alignment there or if everything that we're talking about is either way too or or way too long-term strategic. You no. Know?
0: If you had to make a connection between all of your successes, what would it be?
1: Look, the, the reality is that our successes are are an attribute of or, or a consequence of 25 years of presence in these local markets. You know? So I'd say that it's a lot of obtaining those insights. I mean, 25 years of, of, of being working hand in hand with entrepreneurs in emerging economies gives you that, you know, gives you that sense and that so I'd say that a lot of it has to do with that historical knowledge, you know, that's come to us after having been exposed to entrepreneurs for for 25 years, you no? Know? We've learned we've learned certain things, we've seen certain trends you now. If I have to say what we are, why why we've been so successful, I would say because we've been around for 25 years and we've been holding hands of the entrepreneurs for 25 years, markets like uh Indonesia, Argentina, Turkey, Brazil, Nigeria, you no? Know? So I'd say that that's uh that's a good part of the of the success, being able to see the trends but also having been there or as I said, well over two decades now.
0: Like if you would have a magic wand right now, you can wave it off and improve or modify one thinking endeavor to make, to can increase obviously the KPIs because this is always the main thing. What would that be? Would be like having access to more funders, having more capital or just, I don't know, having a more, let's say, a capillary approach to
1: the territory. My, my dream would be to have the a, a, a more well-known brand. I think that we're very well, we're, we always say that we're a well-known kept secret. Uh, we don't really want to be a secret. I mean, we, we've gone from yeah. that phase of being cute and the non-profit to being, you know, something much more, uh, something bigger. I mean, we, we have 500 people working in 40 markets. Uh, we have uh, combined asset management in our first four funds, 250 million. We're now raising our fourth fund. I really want our story to be more known, no? And and I feel that a lot of other people get to write their stories and get to factor themselves into these uh, the stories and the successes of different regions. And a lot of times we've been very shy from doing it and I'd love to be able to get our story out there a bit more. So I, my magic wand would be, I want headlines in major newspapers and I want, you know, I want to be... But not for the reason of just wanting headlines. I, I, I want people to know about these successful entrepreneurs in these emerging markets and uh, how we've been able to help them and all of that. No, uh, so my magic one would be a lot about being able to build a, a, a brand that is much more, uh, is much more aspirational and much more well known. And, uh, and I think that in certain countries we definitely do have it, but in some markets we've been only around a couple of years and we still have a lot of work to do.
0: Yeah, oh, this is great. Okay, got it. So basically having more, let's say, more visibility so you can do better
1: work. This is the main thing. Exactly. It's and just, more access to, to entrepreneurs and more access to LPs and more access to better mentors and all of that. Okay.
0: So just to sum everything up, we say, guys, if you want to be good funders, try to be as coachable as possible with a big vision. And remember that you don't do, you're do, not you never going to do things on your own. I'm taking your words, okay? So, yep, yep and then uh, if you got what you don't need to do is basically stand on your own and think you know it all because of what you say and then uh, if you want to help endeavor in Endeavor mission is actually what the best mission someone can have right now uh, just spread the word and uh, marianne do you want to go with the five side question let's do it so how it works is i'm gonna ask three super fast questions and you gotta answer in either one word or one sentence. Okay. So, what is the number one region where you think it's gonna have the biggest
1: growth, biggest boom? I, I have forty markets. So if I, if I say if I if I don't say the forty, they're gonna kill me. So the forty markets would for prison. No, I'm joking. Yeah, but um, no one is definitely. listening to us. So you go. <laughs> Um, let's see. I would say that the, the so we forecasted last year that it was going to be Mexico, and we got that one right. I I am very bullish on obviously Nigeria, Brazil, Indonesia, and then I love what I'm seeing in Vietnam.
0: Vietnam, great. Right? Uh, hottest industry right now?
1: Hottest industry. Up until now, we've seen a lot uh, on the fintech side, but I'd say that the one that's up and coming and that I'm seeing a lot, and there's a lot of room to to grow, is uh agtech, agri tech, and food tech.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, Finally, someone didn't say crypto. Thanks, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to comment on that. <laughs> what advice would you give to other investors to be successful in one line?
1: In one word, that's a difficult one, but I, I would always say, go for for the passion for the learning and for trying to help the entrepreneurs that you're, that you're supporting. You, you, the, the learning is going to be amazing. The networking opportunity is also going to be incredible. And if you make money out of it, great. And if you don't, you know, it's the experience. It's being able to be there and build something together with entrepreneurs. No, I. Even my worst investments, I've made best friends, and in my best investments, I've also made best friends. But, uh, but I, I wouldn't. I would always say, just be, be, be close to your entrepreneur. They need that. They need that support. They need the connections. They need the sometimes uh, to be able to blow off some some steam. Be close to the entrepreneurs.
0: Like that. That's inspiring. Not one line, but I'll give it to you. <laughs>
1: Thank
0: you. <laughs> yeah, and then I got the last question: Where do animals go when their tails fell off? Surprise me. The retail store. Good. Thank you so much. It's been absolutely great. You are a real superstar and you should be really proud of yourself. Thank you so much for giving us the time. Francesco, and
1: thank you. But that, well, back to your magic one question. I think that my magic one would be getting you a, a, a good joke book.
0: <laughs> OK, yes. No, we will never use We will never use We will we stick with the bad jokes. And actually, like these one are some of the best we got, so let alone the worst. And uh, thank you so much, Adrian, again. Thank you to our five listeners that are listening to our podcast. Uh, all six of you, I love you. And we go one in the meantime. And yeah, thank you so much again and see you next episode.